but you know it doesn't really matter what our opinion is what matters is the person who's drinking what their opinion of themselves is and i actually like have great conversations and i laugh and i still do do a lot of fun things i just do them sober I, I definitely I, I like my life so much better now and um, and I have that freedom you know I, I'm not everything I do isn't dependent on having a drink in my hand what's so important about recovering is that you become connected again the most important thing um, I learned about myself is that I couldn't do it alone that I needed help to get sober and to stay sober. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. Today is January 10th, and what you were listening to is the voice of Nancy C. Nancy's from the Virginia area. She joins us today to read the Daily Reflection and share some of her experience, strength, and hope. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Nancy. Thanks. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, I would like you to read the daily reflection for today, if you wouldn't mind. Um, sure. So January 10th, it's entitled, United We Stand. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people, or presently maybe, has to be smashed. Alcoholics Anonymous, page 30. I came to Alcoholics Anonymous because I no longer, I was no longer able to control my drinking. I was, I'll start that one again. I came to Alcoholics Anonymous because I was no longer able to control my drinking. It was either my wife's complaining about my drinking, or maybe the sheriff forced me to go to AA meetings, or perhaps I knew deep down inside that I couldn't drink like others, but I was unwilling to admit it because the alternative terrified me. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women united against a common fatal disease. Each one of our lives is linked to every other, much like the survivors of a life raft at sea. If we all work together, we can get safely to shore. What does that reflection mean to you in your program of recovery? I like this one, especially because of the kind of two things. One is I, too, had a hard time um, like fully conceding to my innermost self that I was an alcoholic. It took me over six months of coming to AA meetings every day before I would admit that I was an alcoholic because I had a whole lot of baggage um, kind of involved with what it meant to be alcoholic. I didn't quite understand it. And uh, the other... When you say it took you six months to admit, were you still drinking during that time and and going to meetings? Well, um, I was going to AA meetings every day for six months, and I still wouldn't say I was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and if you're listening to this, it's common practice in a meeting when you want to share or when the attention is pointed to you for you to introduce yourself. My name is Mike and I'm an alcoholic. And for some folks that can be challenging. And it sounds like that was the case for you, right, Nancy? Yeah, it was. Um, I was 
uh, particularly obstinate. (laughs) 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 And, but it was also because I had this whole idea of what it meant to be an alcoholic. And it was like the, the homeless man in the park with the trench coat, you know, drinking liquor out of a bat, you know, paper bag, you know, (laughs) and, you know, at the time I was like a 23 year old woman in college, you know, like young, attractive, like I just didn't relate to this, this whole concept I had of what that meant. And how long have you been sober? Um, in, on, in two days, January 12th, I will celebrate 27 years of sobriety. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Well, this is a special day for me because this marks seven years. January oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to you. Oh, thank you. So what does sobriety look like today? And, um, tell me a little bit about your, your program. Um, well, I am, uh, still active in AA. I go to Zoom meetings daily, um, even after all this time. And it's because uh, that's what I need uh, to um, just function well. You know, I need kind of a daily reminder of my disease, you know, and it is fatal. It's a fatal disease. You know, most people die from alcoholism, like kind of these slow, uh, painful deaths where they're dehydrated and then, you know, and, um, you know, the other way they die is they commit suicide, um, or they overdose, you know? And, um, so for me, I'm pretty serious about my AA program because I don't want to die in that manner. And I also, uh, you know, part of the, the gift that AA gave me is a gift of life. Like I went from this kind of walking dead person to this person who doesn't have enough time in the day to do all of the wonderful things that I want to do in life. And so, um, I want to be as useful as I can on a daily basis. And that's why I go to AA meetings every day. When I go to AA meetings, I meet, um, so many amazing people and that opens the door for other service opportunities. And, um, you talk about, service, um, going to AA meetings, sharing at AA meetings, that's certainly service. What other types of service are you performing today? Yeah, I definitely, I, I, um, I'm pretty active in AA and, um, I uh, sponsor two women actively working the steps with two women. I also host, um, three different AA zoom meetings every week. Um, And then, you know, when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, (laughs) usually I would be doing things like volunteering uh, at picnics or giving people rides to meetings. Um, You know, sometimes I would go and do what we call a 12-step call, which is actually to go talk to someone who is like currently drunk and seeking, um, you know, assistance in sobriety. So there's a, there's a lot of ways to be of service. Um, but for me, it's just what's really important right now is just showing up in the Zoom meetings or in the in-person meetings to be there for the person who has like a day mm-hmm. of sobriety, you know, mm-hmm. so that when they get there, when they, you know, log into the Zoom meeting, they know that um, there's someone there that they can talk to and get help with. Mm. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, 
at some point well beyond 2021. Uh, we're speaking to you from the tail end of the pandemic and and Zoom meetings are really the mainstay for a lot of us in in recovery in AA. Um, so that might might explain some of the the constant references to Zoom meetings. Um, was it difficult for you to get sober? Um, yes, it was. Um, I spent actually three years between the ages of twenty three and twenty six um, trying to stop drinking on my own. Um, and I was I didn't go to AA yet. I was just trying to control my drinking, try to stop my drinking, moderate it. And I was unable to do so. Um, so eventually um, I got to that place of desperation where I started talking to my friend who was in recovery. And I, the new, the question I asked him was, how did you do it? You know, and it's really when we start asking how that we're ready to take some action. And mm -hmm. um, he suggested I go to an AA meeting and he actually drove me there and he like dropped me off. And he pointed and he goes, just go in that doorway <laughs> <laughs> and there'll be some people in there who are meet, sitting around in a circle and just sit down and join them, you know. That fateful doorway so many <laughs> of us have walked through. <laughs> and who was this to you who, who pointed um, you in that direction? His, his name was Bill and he was um, a guy I was dating and he actually helped me get sober. He had three years of sobriety. And he watched me um, struggle with trying to moderate my drinking, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he already knew I was probably an alcoholic because a lot of times we alcoholics can spot other alcoholics mm -hmm. pretty easily. But, you know, it doesn't really matter what our opinion is. What matters is the person who's drinking, what their opinion of themselves is. And like I said, I didn't think I was an alcoholic, right? Mm. But if you asked me if I had, if drinking caused problems in my life, the answer absolutely was yes, you know. The reflection talks about how we're different as alcoholics. Uh, we're different than normal people. In what ways do you feel different than, than some normal people? Well, I was always uh, different from, say, like a normal drinker because, you know, my sister, for instance, she would have like one drink and then she would stop and she would say something like, oh, I'm feeling it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I never had that thought like, oh, I'm feeling it and I need to stop. You know, for me, it was like I was just off to the races like when I started drinking and uh, there was no on off switch. It was mm -hmm. just full on, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, to excess. And when I drank, I did crazy things. Um, I blacked out, like I drank so much alcohol that I did not remember periods of time. So I would walk, I would talk, I would drive, put myself in really kind of dangerous situations because I had no memory of what was happening. Um, and, but people sometimes didn't even realize that I was that drunk because I was still communicating, mm -hmm. but I, uh, completely had no memory of, you know, long periods of time. I so relate. And, you know, I often wonder, do you feel like normal people ever black out? Um, no, like I'm not, you know, <laughs> they don't, you know, they, like that would be, you know, this horrific thing. I think if a normal person couldn't remember some period of time, mm -hmm. um, 
but for me, that's how it started and has always been for me, where I literally um, blackout, pass out. Um, I just don't stop drinking. And mm. so when I woke up the next morning, um, I had this feeling of kind of disgust with my behavior and remorse, but it was a lot of it. I just didn't remember what happened. So, and most normal drinkers, they don't, they may wake up with a, like a little bit of a headache <laughs> mm-hmm. if they had a glass or two or a little bit dehydrated, but they don't wake up with this feeling of dread that they want to die, mm. which is the way that I woke up. Yeah. Did you try other methods of stopping your drinking? Well, I, I, I didn't, um, try like any kind of rehabs or anything. Uh, I did physically try to not have it in my house. I tried to control it. Uh, I stopped going out with people to like, you know, bars and nightclubs. I didn't buy it and have it in my house. Um, but you know, what always happened to me was, um, I get to that, um, you know, I might go a couple days without drinking, but then I'd always get to that point of like automatic pilot where it just all of a sudden was a good idea for me to go somewhere and get drunk, like a, like a, you know, to a bar or to a nightclub or to a friend's house. Um, so even though I didn't have it, always have it at my home and when I was trying to control it, I wasn't able to like my I had this, they call it the peculiar mental twist, Mm -hmm. you know, like just all of a sudden I thought it was a good idea to do something. And then, um, you know, like go to that punk rock concert in Hollywood and, and drink my ass, my butt off and get high and, and then um, not remember the rest of the evening, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems insane when I think back. And it wasn't that long ago, seven and some, seven years and some. Um, but I distinctly remember wanting so desperately to stop until I didn't. <laughs> do you do you relate to that? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I did. Like, and it got to the point where I wanted desperately to stop, but I was terrified to stop. Mm. Um, and it was because I didn't know how to live without, you know, alcohol and drugs. Like I. I just didn't have a, um, I thought my life was over and I would never have fun again. I remember that was my thought as an early sobriety. Um, but the reality of my life is I have so much more fun sober um, because I remember everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I actually like have great conversations and I laugh and I still do do a lot of fun things. I just do them sober Mm. you know i still go to you know like different sporting events i still go to concerts i still go to weddings um travel all kinds of different um activities but i just have i can remember every moment of every activity because i'm not a drunken fool (laughs) you know i'm not the girl in the miniskirt falling off the bar school laying on the floor with the in the puddles of beer you know Because that's that's what I used to be like. Yeah. Well, that's hope. You know, someone listening to this might be thinking, you know, if I give up drinking forever, forever, uh, am I ever going to be able to do anything fun again? And it sounds like 
the answer is yeah, right? Yeah, no, it's, I, I definitely, I, I like my life so much better now. And, um, and I have that freedom, you know, I, I'm not, everything I do isn't dependent on having a drink in my hand. Like I don't even think about alcohol anymore and I don't crave it and I'm not obsessed with it. Um, like I'm not thinking about when my next drink is, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, the, the, one of the reasons I like this reading today is it, cause it talks about how our, each of our lives are linked to every other life, you know, we, that we have this, like we're interconnected. Right. And you, you know, there's no more, I mean, the pandemic is, has shown the interconnectedness of our lives in a way which I kind of amazes me, but, um, but I feel like um, alcohol, you know, we're so isolated as alcoholics, like it's the disease of isolation and the real recovery what's so important about recovering is that you become connected again you know you become connected to other recovering alcoholics um, and you become connected to a higher power and both of these things you know the people in your life and a higher power it helps you stay sober one day at a time and it fills up that you know that loneliness and that isolation that you know, I used to suffer so, from so badly, mm. you know, I mean, I used to just cry myself to sleep with this loneliness and I don't feel that anymore. Um, I definitely, um, you know, I feel like part of the world and I'm deeply connected to friends and family and in my life and um, in my heart power. That's amazing. So someone listening to this might be thinking, well, how do I get this? How do I, how do I get started on this journey? It just seems so hard. What do you tell newcomers? Well, I, my, my suggestion for you is to just physically or log into a a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, either via Zoom or in person, because um, I couldn't, uh, you can't think your way into recovery. You have to act your way into recovery. And you have to physically sit in a seat and and try to absorb some of what people are saying. And I remember my first meetings that I went to, I probably heard like 10% of what was actually said in the meeting because the rest of the time I was just like in my crazy nonstop thinking about obsessing about whatever it was I was obsessing about that day. So, you know, physically just showing up and sitting down and listening. Um, And then the next step is just trying to uh, follow some directions, you know, Uh, because all the people in the room, you know, they're there because they not only have been able to get sober, but to stay sober and so they're basically uh, available to share their experience with you and to help you get sober and stay sober, hmm. you know? Yeah, that's great. Well, Nancy, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I really want to thank you for your time. And uh, is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we, we wrap up? The most important thing 
um, I learned about myself is that I couldn't do it alone, that I needed help to get sober and to stay sober. And, um, you know, I tried for three years to do it by myself and I was unsuccessful. So, you know, if I could convey any message to people who are, um, you know, sitting, uh, you know, at home or wherever you're sitting right now listening to this is to, you know, you have to get help to do it. You can't do it on your own. You know, like this reading says, you know, you have to fully concede to your innermost self that you're alcoholic and physically uh, get your butt to a meeting and show up and get the help that you need, you know, because you're worth it. Mm. You know, even though you might not feel like you're worth it right now, you are definitely worth it. And um, Alcoholics Anonymous has been the best thing that's ever happened to me because it's allowed me to show up for my life and be part of my life. I'm a much better person since I got sober and I, um, you know, I'm a much better daughter, sister, worker, everything else. So um, I want everyone who is struggling with alcoholism to get sober and stay sober. Um, so I, um, I hope you all get some help. You mentioned get to a meeting. How do you find your meetings? Um, well, I go to, since I'm in the uh, Washington, D.C. area, I go to the, they have a, a website. It's um, um, www.nvinnergroup.org, uh, uh, which is the Northern Virginia Intergroup. So, um, yeah, so www.nvinnergroup.org. And then you can select virtual meetings. And then there's, you know, probably 200 meetings a week to choose from in this Northern Virginia area. And every region has a website like that. So no matter where you live in uh, the United States or even the world, um, you can connect to both in-person and virtual meetings. Um, just right now, because of the pandemic, there's less in-person meetings. Um, so there's a lot more virtual meetings at the moment. Um, so you, you don't have to be in any particular location in order to attend a meeting in any location around the world. Absolutely. I mean, it's I've been so impressed uh, with the whole online meeting, uh, you know, what's been going on during the pandemic, because like, for instance, there's a women's meeting that I attend, that's an international women's meeting. So usually when I get on that meeting, there's about 180 women from all over the world on that meeting mm -hmm. for that hour. And that's just one example, um, but there's many different uh, meetings in different areas. And and usually I have people from, you know, five different states. And um, so it's it's been really uh, great to hear new people talk about their stories and, and meet new people from all around the world. Well, Nancy, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and share your experience, strength, and hope. Thanks for having me. It's been really great to talk to you too, Mike. Thanks to Nancy for being a guest on today's show. She attends meetings in the North Virginia area. You can find more information about those meetings at nvintergroup.org. I'll place a link in the show notes. Thanks to all of you for listening and for your support. Love to get some feedback. If you could leave a comment, Maybe give us a rating. If you want to send me an email, you can find me at dailyreflectionpodcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.